Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Johnny Cleveland Podcast. All things Cleveland sports with your host, John Suchan. Good day and welcome to a special edition of the Johnny Cleveland podcast. I'm your host, John Suchan, and welcome to the Fanatical Elves Network. We have a special um, show today. Actually, we're going to have two Johnny Cleveland shows this week. This first one, we're going, we had an interview with a couple guys from the AFC North, um, Jeff Hartman from this uh, Steel. Uh, Curtin uh, Network, part of the fanatical L- or the fans first sports network. And then we also had Brandon Harriet, who is uh, from the Cincinnati Bengals uh, running through the jungle. They're also new podcasting uh, through the fanatical L's network. And Jeff brought both Brandon and I on his show earlier today. And we talked AFC North projections, what we're thinking about the Bengals, what we're thinking about the Brownies. And we did not talk about the Baltimore Ravens. And that's okay. Like I say, the Ravens always, we don't need to talk about the Ravens. There's a, there should be hate for the Ravens. They stole our team. So we talked Browns, we talked Bengals, we talked Steelers, and where things are, our projections on what we think might be happening with these teams, it's going to be a stacked division. It's going to be tight, folks. And I've talked about the Browns and what they have to do. There's going to be a lot of pressure in that first four weeks of the season. They have their bye week in week five. They play all the teams in the division in weeks one, two, three, and four. Um, it's going to be tough. And the Browns need to come out of that two and two or three and one. And if they aren't, if they're one and three or oh and four, Oh my God, right? The world is collapsing if that happens. So we'll see. But we had a nice uh, time discussing the AFC North. So without further ado, I'm going to uh, say have a a good listen to this next uh, interview. It was great fun. And I appreciate Jeff having us on. Follow them to the Steel Curtain. You know, I've mentioned this on other podcasts, but you know, follow our network, the Fanatical Elves Network. Obviously, we're part of Fans First Sports Network, and there are affiliates across the country in all major sports. 
and these guys are great over in, in the Pittsburgh region. They, they have a great following. If you are in Pittsburgh or you're listening to this show, uh, you know, follow our fanatical L's network, F- download our podcasts on Apple, Spotify. If you are a Bengals fan, then listen to what Brandon has to say and follow his show down there in Cincinnati, uh, through the jungle and uh, you will not be disappointed. So, okay, so let's further ado. Let's have the interview again. This is the Johnny Cleveland Podcast and your host, John Suchan. This is the Fanatical Elves Network. Enjoy this interview and go Browns. And remember to keep, that's right, smiling. Here's the interview. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back from the break. It is Monday, which means it's time for the Monday morning conversation right here on the Let's Ride podcast. And, you know, the past few weeks, actually the whole freaking summer, I've been having people talking about the Steelers and whether it's a beat writer or some people from the Steel Curtain Network. But I decided to go in a different a different route this Monday morning conversation. I wanted to get more of an AFC North look on the upcoming season. We've heard a lot about the Steelers. We know all the minutia of this team, the 90 man roster, the training camp battles getting ready to ensue. But what about those Ohio teams? And that's why this podcast is titled the Steelers versus Ohio. Why I'm bringing on two feeds, one that represents the Cincinnati Bengals, one that represents the Cleveland Browns on Fans First Sports Network. Let's start off with Brandon Harriet, the running through the jungle Cincinnati Bengals feed for Fans First. You might know him as B-Dirt from the homies. He is also on the Steel Curtain Network. Brandon, what's going on? How are you? Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Uh, Doing great. Uh, Waiting for the rain to roll into Pittsburgh. For those of you who don't know, I do live in the city of Pittsburgh. uh, Behind enemy lines, if you would. But... uh, yeah, just getting excited for the football uh, season, getting ready to get that countdown, get training camp started. Let's go. Absolutely. And John Suchan of the Fanatical Elves Network, the Cleveland Browns uh, arm of fans first. John, how are you? I'm great this morning. Thank you for having me. No problem. And I, the reason why I wanted to have you on, your fans, you are passionate, just like I am about the Steelers. And I feel like everyone at this time of year has this, you know, rose-colored glasses view of their team. Some are more realistic, as you want to call it, than others, but really it's it's different when you talk to the fans as it pertains to what's going on with the team. And so I guess I want to get a feel for you all. We're going to get into some minutia here within your individual teams, but overall season outlook. So when you look at your roster right now, the 90-man offseason roster, getting ready to go into training camp, where's your mind at in terms of your team? We'll start with you, Brandon, and the Bengals. You know, you're 100% right. We have a lot of things to be excited about and looking forward to. But, you know, I'm very objective, and we have some question marks. You know, uh, safety is gone. We have, you know, we're missing both of our starting two safeties. Yes, we got a little younger. Yes, we got a little more athletic. But the leadership, um, especially from Von Bell, who I didn't think was going to be gone, is going to be uh, dearly missed out there, I think, as far as communication-wise. So we'll have to see how that plays out. And, um, 
mostly from our fan base, I think you see uh, no questions asked about right tackle. Like they feel like, you know, Jonah Williams moving the right tackle is going to be the instant key to, to fixing that right side of that line. Eh, he hasn't played right tackle for years. And that's a completely different um, uh, way of blocking than playing left tackle. So, you know, I, I have some questions there. I, I, I think we've definitely got better on the line um, with the, the shakeup we did, um, you know, bringing Orlando Brown in. But right tackle, just I, I just don't check it off as it's fixed. So it, it, a couple question marks still. But barring injury, you're still thinking that Cincinnati is a very elite team in the AFC. You could very well be in the AFC championship game once again. Yeah, I, I don't think we went. I don't think we went backwards, um, except possibly in that safety realm. Yeah. Um, you know, but barring injury, I mean, right. That's that's a case for everyone. Hugely, that's, and yeah. especially when you add Irv Smith to your tight end room, who has a history of injuries. Jonah Williams coming back off knee surgery. Lil Collins coming back off surgery. Like there's a lot of those question marks that I that I'm depending on how those go. I but I do think yes, we should still be. I I don't think our goal is anything less than an AFC Championship game. Fair enough. Now, when you go to Cleveland, you're talking about a team that they have made a lot of good moves this offseason. I hate to say that. It makes me want to throw up in my mouth. But at the same time, <laughs> you have to be able to say, you know, acquiring some of the receiver depth that they did. You look mm -hmm. at the draft that they had. Mm -hmm. What is your, John, what's your overall outlook? We'll get into the minutia here in a little bit. But what's the overall outlook for the Cleveland Browns heading into training camp? I mean, it's, it, it's, it's positive. Um, it's like you just have, have mentioned, we've, we've added several extra pieces um, in, in the wide receiver room. Uh, we uh, got Elijah Moore from yep. the jets, which, you know, he's had two decent years with New York. The, the, the hope is that he expands here in, in Cleveland um, picked up another veteran in Marquise Goodwin at wide receiver drafted C Cedric Tillman. Um, from Tennessee. So that area has improved. Um, but we also have, you know, we already have Amari Cooper and, and Donovan Peoples Jones. Uh, the defensive tackle line or that group is still sort of the, the area we did pick up uh, on the edge for Zadarius Smith. Uh, we got Delvin Tom Tomlinson now on the inside, but there's still some question marks there. I know, uh, Brandon, you were talking about the offensive line. Uh, our left guard is J Jedrick Wills, and uh, he hasn't necessarily. Uh, been awesome, but um, I still have some real question marks about that offensive line. But overall, yeah, I mean, our the other area that's kind of a iffy right now. I mean, we have Nick Nick Chubb uh, at at running back, but we also don't have Kareem Hunt. Uh, there's a question mark about what we will do with that running back two, running back three spot. Jerome Ford from Cincinnati uh, used to play for the Bearcats is kind of penciled in there at the, at the number two spot. But there are some, you know, free agents out there still. Uh, could the Browns pick one of these guys up uh, at, after training camp gets started or into the season? You know, so I think overall they we're we're, we're excited here in Cleveland. We always are. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of like our 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 part of the season. That's you know, like you said, it's all. I mean, all all teams across the league are are are, are eager to get started. The Browns haven't won a division title in 34 years. <laughs> so, uh, 1989. You're due. You're due, yeah, right? we, just a little bit. I wrote an article recently for one of a, one of our, the, the spots I write for North, Northeast uh, sports insiders and, uh, wrote about that little, uh, 
tidbit. Um, yeah, no, I think overall we're, we're excited here. We're eager to get uh, training camp started. I think our rookies show up on Thursday here, and then we have the veterans come because we'll be playing in the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I do want to point out to Brandon that we are five and one against the Bengals uh, under <laughs> under Kevin Stefanski. So, you know, it is it is week one. Uh, we we play you guys here at at our home opener. There is going to be a lot of pressure on this. There is a lot of pressure right now. There's a lot of what you read about here in Cleveland. Um, that first, I mean, all the teams in the in the division play play one another, but the Browns play all three all other the other three teams in the in the division within the first four weeks, and then they have their by week in week five, which, you know, that's going to speak a lot that there's going to be a lot going on in that by week. We'll, we'll see where the Browns land at that point. It's going to be interesting. And, you know, you bring up the Steelers week six, they play the Browns in week two. I don't think they play the Bengals until the second half of the season. But, you mm. know, when you talk about the Bengals, you talk about the Browns. The first thing that comes to my mind is quarterback. Obviously, it's quarterback, because when you think about the AFC North, you talk about quarterback being a very dominant position, whether it's an up and coming hopeful player like Kenny Pickett, uh, former MVP and Lamar Jackson. Joe Burrow is elite. No one's going to debate that. But my question about Joe Burrow is not about anything on the field. Brandon, it's about his contract. Like the dude hasn't signed a, a big time contract yet. You've seen all the other quarterbacks get their money, whether it's Josh Allen in Buffalo, whether it's even Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. What are the expectations? What are we hearing about that Joe Burrow contract? And do you think he's the type of player that's going to say, hey, I want mine? And I understand that perspective from a player. They're, they're, the shelf life is so short. You're one injury away from being done. You want to get it while you can. Or is he going to kind of try and maneuver it like a Patrick Mahomes to be able to keep things as kosher as possible in Cincinnati? What are you hearing about the uh, Joe Burrow deal? So the expectations that I'm hearing are not that he's going to take less money like um, the deal that Patrick Mahomes is in, which was at the time unheard yeah. of. Uh, he'll do less. He's not going to do the 10 years. Uh, we might get up to six-year contract, which gives us eight years of control. Um, I, I expect it to be five years. But I, I think the structure of the contract more so is where – you're going to see that minutia come where we, we can get some of his other pieces in because he wants his other pieces. Listen, Jamar Chase and him are as tight as people can be. You know what I mean? Like Jamar, when he got drafted, uh, came in and, and went door to door in Joe Burrow's neighborhood to find somebody to sell him a house like <laughs> so they could be neighbors. So like I, I, that is very important to him, but I think it's about how they structure the contract because the projections right now with the salary caps are 2025, that salary cap is going to be $60 million higher. Yeah. So if we can get a signing bonus and then, you know, prorate a little bit of that money and kick it down the road, then I think we can do the T Higgins sign. I think next year we could do the Jamar chase sign. And I think those things can fall in uh, and, and keep a majority of the pieces together uh you know t higgins is that big question mark to me i don't know mm. you know we haven't dealt <laughs> he had the same he's got the same uh agent as bates unless no. to say that didn't get done you know <laughs> what i mean so yeah. so it'll be interesting to see where it goes i don't think uh because of the way when you're paying three guys over a hundred million dollars the way you got to structure the rest of your team mm. i don't see us franchise tagging t higgins if we don't sign him either i i think you let him go and you get that commensurate pick yeah mm -hmm. 
So two follow two follow ups for you, Brandon. First is, do you think a deal gets done before the regular season with Burrow, or is this going to linger? I think it gets done. Um, I think that there may be a little bit of a precursor with the Joe Mixon restructuring his contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, $5 million might not be a lot, but it might be the difference between Joe Burrow being happy getting paid more than Hertz or just under Hertz. That's a good point. And then second follow-up question is, if you were Joe Burrow's representation, are you wanting him to sign a six-year deal? Or are you kind of saying, hey, let's sign what we have now. Look at Mahomes' deal, 10 years. It's going to look so old and dated by the time it comes around. They're going to want to redo a deal anyways. Mm-hmm. Would you say, let's go for five, or let's go even go for a four-year extension, and then we'll be able to get a new, updated, more, I don't want to say modern, but a more new-look style deal because you know they change so frequently. What would you be telling Joe Burr if you were his representation? Well, my gut, the reason why I think he's going to do a five-year is because I think that you're going to see Jamar do a four-year from the, the following year. So my gotcha. gut is those two guys will both be up at contract at the same time. Got it. Their contract. So that was my gut reaction to that. Okay. That's um, but, but I mean, would I be shocked at four? No. I, would I be shocked at seven or eight? Yes. Got it. I think hey. it's four or five. I think sometimes people don't that people fans are always on board with the team, the organization. They like the team. They they like the players because they're on the team and they always want what's best for the organization. But if you put yourselves in the player's shoes, there are times where you kind of understand why they might be asking or requesting requesting something. I'll give you an example. Bud Dupree this past offseason, mm-hmm. the Steelers offered him a two-year deal. He mm-hmm. said, no, I just want a one. Why? He wants to play well, and he wants to cash out one more time on a multi-year deal. Mm-hmm. That makes sense from a player's yeah. perspective. So well, it, it, to switch it out, obviously the injury thing is completely different. But if you look at basketball, how many times did LeBron go year to year because he yeah. wanted to make sure that that front office was doing right by him? True. So the next year he could check out and go somewhere else if he wanted to. So, you know, there, there's a little bit of that, too. Let's be yeah. honest. The Cincinnati Bengals don't have the best track record in the league when it comes to front office. Mm-hmm. The 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 Blackburn situation coming in, and, and you know Elizabeth Blackburn, um, the the granddaughter, uh, has definitely turned some things over and put some investment money and capital and and done some more of the right things. Mm-hmm. But you still have to question it, right? You still got to give yeah. yourself that out if, if you need to. So absolutely. Now, when you talk about quarterbacks and you talk about contracts, John, there's no one better to discuss than old Deshaun Watson, who seems to be locked into Cleveland for eternity and it's guaranteed money. And I swear the owners had to hate the Browns for allowing that contract. You all hate it. You all hate it. Yeah, no, we do. I I think every, every entity that's not a Browns fan, but in all honesty, after a year, he had to sit out his suspension. He got to play the second towards the second half of the season last year. We all see the stupid videos from every single player and every team of, oh, look at me throwing a pass to it with someone with no defense and shorts. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. Everyone's hopes are high, but I want to ask you about the contract. Now, in hindsight, looking at where they are now with the suspension and all that stuff behind them, mm-hmm. are Browns fans kind of on board with the deal or are they still kind of like, man, this is a lot of capital? They gave up a lot of draft picks, they gave up a lot of guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. What's the view from the fans' perspective on the Watson deal now? I would still say it's split. You know, if you read commentaries from both sides, uh, which I I see from both sides when you're talking about Deshaun, you know, that money is out there. I mean, I mentioned it too. I mean, it is $235 million, you know, guaranteed. So um, 
yeah, it's, I think, I don't, I don't think that it's changed that much. I think it's been divided since, I mean, when he came on board, it really split um, our, our fan base. I mean, I think I've talked, I don't know if I've talked to you about this, but I mean, initially it was, um, I mean, it was significant. I mean, I had season ticket holders. I had family members that aren't going to games now, um, you know, for uh, the, the things that Deshaun was doing outside of the game of football. So uh, doing the guarantee and, and all the money and how it now it's just become this sort of uh, tag line for the Browns, you know, because he's, uh, I mean, I even heard a, an NBA analyst talking on ESPN like a week ago and he was talking about basketball contracts, but he was putting down the Browns uh, contract for Deshaun Watson. I'm like, how the hell are you? What are you doing? You're talking about like the NBA is like so outrageous. And then you're, oh, you're somehow talking about, the Sean's contract being outrageous and it was just so, so dumb. So, um, you know, it, for us right now, we just want to win. <laughs> I think that I get it. half the fan base just wants to win. The other part, like I've said, it might've gone down a little bit. I mean, if the team wins, like you guys know this, if Pittsburgh wins, if the Bengals win, I mean, there might be some things that we don't like about the team, but it's like, we, we are rooting for the team. And even those fans that may be, may have run away from our, our, from the organization after they initially signed him. If the Browns can, you know, start the year again and they're, they're winning. I mean, this, this town is a football town. Um, baseball second cat. I mean, it was great when the Cavs won, won the title back in 2016, but that was seven years ago now. So we, we've been talking about that a little bit. Uh, so yeah, I think it's, um, still divided. I mean, there's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of pressure up, up, up front. I mean, what we saw at the end of, last season with with Deshaun in those six games that some folks are kind of giving him a, a, a pass saying well you know he came on in the last six games but I mean he hasn't played you know a lot of football in a, several years now when I mean, we're talking mm -hmm. three seasons plus probably I mean his last real good season was 2020 and that team sucked when he played for the Texans yeah he put up a lot of great numbers but um you know people are projecting that he's going to do those numbers again here in Cleveland but yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm holding out. I'm not, I'm a little bit of a skeptic. Uh, when, when I talk about the, the Sean on our shows, I, I think that he could potentially be great. Um, but then you watch like shows like the Netflix series that's currently on with Patrick Mahomes and all those, you see these guys, you know, th you know, throwing the ball all over the place and they, that respect from, from Mahomes. I, you know, will we see that kind of quarterback out of, out of Watson this year? I, I, I doubt it, but, um, he he showed signs last year. I'm we're excited, but I'm I'm holding uh, my my uh, total excitement until we'll, we'll see. We'll see, yeah. We'll yeah. see where we're at. Yeah. Now, John, you might be actually at training camp uh, and yeah. seeing him with your own two eyes. But what yes. are the reports out of you know? We're talking about OTAs phase three mandatory mini camp. Mm -hmm. well, what what are what are they saying? What does he look like now? Compared Great. to maybe a year ago, good, uh, good every, every, yeah, the reports out there are that he's doing, he's looking, uh, you know, a hundred times better. Uh, all, all the coaches that work with him say that he seems like he's much more comfortable. Um, he's always in the playbook. He's, I mean, those those are the sorts of things. I mean, we're we're, we're hearing, and it sounds like that he he's a very uh, astute, you know, guy that that spends a lot of time. Uh, you know, going over plays, working with his players off the field. Um, you know, he's taking his his teammates to various places across the country on on trips. Uh, he, I think, they organized an, uh, a bit down in Florida last week where he got his his uh, uh, wide receivers together. 
Um, the jokes so, write themselves, John. I swear, yeah. they just write themselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the other. I'm not even. Yeah. Well, you're the, never. I won't go down that that path. But um, the Browns do. Are, they're spending some time in uh, West Virginia um, oh when they God, open up. The geese getting better. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, I'm from West that. Virginia. I can say that, John. I can. Well, say you, you know Greenbrier, right? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Well, so you know, I, the first thing I looked up was just to see what were the uh, additional um, services provided oh, at Greenbrier. Yeah. What are the yes. amenities? <laughs> nice, nice spa packages. Yep, absolutely. So oh, we had, um, you know, we'll see. I'm uh, holding out. You know, if we can get that Week One win against your, your, your Bengals there, Brandon, that would be a great start for us Browns fans. But for sure. You know, last year we got a great win in the first week against Baker Mayfield in uh, the Carolina Panthers and then uh, collapsed in uh, the second week and the rest of the season was, you know, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. good. That's good stuff. Brandon, did you want to add anything? Well, I, I got a lot of friends that are Browns. Uh, yeah. Fans and, and, and we talk about, you know, giving them Deshaun Watson a pass last season. Sure. I said it's a one season pass, 17 game pass. So he was. Suspended for what eight games? Uh, 11. 11. So, 11. You got to get through week 10. He's got to really be cooking yeah. in, my, in my mind, right? The thing is, like, the kid hasn't. I mean, he's looking great against, like you were saying, Jeff, earlier. I mean, all these guys look great when they're playing against, you in know, shorts. no, no, yeah, in yeah. shorts and they're not in pads. And, um, the Browns have added some depth, they, they really have. And I think that's the biggest encouraging sign for us Browns fans is that they are they, they legitimately have some uh they, they've added some real depth so yeah very good all right, i want to ask you all a question and this is as a, as a steeler fan you know i'm thinking to myself okay i'm mike tomlin the head of the pittsburgh steelers we're looking at the cincinnati Bengals. we're looking at the cleveland browns i'm trying to pinpoint the weakness that we can exploit so when i think about whether it's offense defense doesn't matter when you look at your roster of your favorite team and in this case the Bengals and the browns what is or maybe there isn't I think we all, every team has a glaring weakness. Brandon, in your opinion with the Bengals, if I'm Mike Tomlin, I'm looking at what, what am I doing to whether it's attack you on the defensive side or what am I thinking about the flipping the script on the other side of the football? What is that weakness for the Bengals this year? Uh, so attacking from an offensive point of view with the Steelers, um, you, you did, you, you drafted some Maulers. You had a, Steelers had the best draft in, 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 in our division. And I think all four of us had good drafts. I was going to mm -hmm. say, I, th I thought every team in the division yeah. had a great draft. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but Broderick Jones, then you add Washington at tight mm -hmm. end blocking. I think you can really get downhill and blocking. I, our run defense is completely different with DJ reader on the field and him off. Mm -hmm. So just that pounding is one thing, but that play action pass with two new safeties. Good mm -hmm. point getting over the top. I think, I think choosing those play action pass opportunities to get pickings deep, that could be a glaring weakness for us. Mm -hmm. um, I could see that now flip the other side of the ball, uh, TJ Watt, high Smith getting upfield. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's going to be it. Um, mm -hmm. Orlando Brown's definitely an upgrade, but his, he's a mauler as well. Uh, him getting deep enough to to get that arc around the outside against you know one of the best athletes if in the league and may, maybe the best defender in the league when he's healthy uh, going to need some help there probably. All right, good stuff. What about you, John, over in Cleveland? If if you have weaknesses on the roster, yeah, where are you trying to exploit? What is what would the Steelers try to exploit here? 
Well, our, our run defense has really been crap, you know, and, you know, we've got new defensive coordinator, Jim, Jim Schwartz, Schwartz now here. Um, they've tried to address the defensive tackle position. Uh, getting Delvin Tomlinson was big. Good. It was a good move. We've got a few new guys on, on the edge to help uh, Miles Garrett, Zadarius uh, Smith to be one. Uh, secondary, you know, we were, we, we've gotten torched over the years. Um we we uh, added Juan Thornhill from the Kansas City Chiefs, and who just got married, by the way. I talked about that on my uh, last podcast. We had three guys on the Browns who just got married, so that was. Uh, I'm hopefully that's good fortunes. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, we've you know we really need to. I would say that you know the the, the secondary. We've got some guys in the secondary that that are that are good. You know. Uh, Denzel Ward's to being one, but um, there was a lot of mix-ups and a lot of uh, issues with with communication on our defensive in, in, our, in our on our defense just in general. Um, you know, it started with the even game one of last year, so we've got a new defensive coordinator. So I would say, you know, they still the defensive tackle position is still. I don't think it's the the the, the still strong. We've picked up a couple guys like Mar- Marquise Hurst, uh, free agent. There's a couple other guys though that I would suggest that the Browns could still go out. We've got some cap space, uh, some older veterans that, that they could still bring in just just to add to that rotation. So if if I'm if I'm the Steelers, I'm looking at that as as the being the biggest weakness. I think the Browns' offense is. I think it's going to be, you know, there's just one football. Who, who, who who's Deshaun going to get the ball to, or yeah. who's Kevin Stefanski going to get that ball to? You know, You've, there's been a lot of talk about Nick Chubb and, um, you know, t- tailoring his uh, carries. Some p- folks just think that he should have 20 carries plus, and the Browns are going to win. But that's not the the most healthy route. A lot of others think so. Um, well, I don't see know why they would think that though. Yeah, well, absolutely. There's a lot. Of, well, there's a lot of debate. It's just funny, you know. You talk to other fellow Browns uh, colleagues who I write with and and do podcasts with, and I, I I'm more of the you know you give Chubb you know 20 plus carries. I think he can handle it. Um, but then there's that other side of the 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 coin. People are just constantly like, well, you know, you're gonna tire him out. You're gonna he's he's gonna get injured. I'm like, dude, the guy's never been injured. Like, I mean, n- knock on wood. But I I think. Yeah. That, he is a special running back. He's not your ordinary kind of running back. And I think most Browns fans in, in the media outside of Cleveland are starting to realize that. I think there's been a lot of projections this year that Nick Chubb is, is the, at least the number one or two running back in the, in, in the NFL. So. Absolutely. I agree yeah. with that. All right. Let, let's switch it up a little bit and let me, let's talk season projections here or, to, or predictions, whatever you want to do. Uh, when you think you look at your schedule when the schedule was released a few months ago, mm-hmm. We all kind of look, you know, pencil to paper. Mm-hmm. How do we see this game going? And let's assume that health is not a major concern. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll look at the Steelers in 2022. You lose TJ Watt for the first mm-hmm. half of your season. Mm-hmm. They've won one game and tied one game in any time. Anytime TJ Watt has missed a game since he was drafted in 2017. Mm-hmm. They've lost mm-hmm. every game except mm-hmm. for those two. So it's it's dynamic. Again, it can be important. Mm-hmm. But Brandon, with you with the Bengals, such a – I mean such a good team and, and they they've really become a very well-rounded team as well. If you were to put a ceiling and a floor to your overall like regular season prediction, like if things go right, the ball bounces our way. This is what I could see the high end being versus hmm. the low end. If things don't go right. And we obviously dealing with the injury bug, et cetera. What do you think? You know, I would preface it this. Uh, everything's out the window. If Joe Burrow gets hurt, 
Knock sure. on wood. Yeah. Um, but I would say I, I think we're we're bunched. Um, mm. I think I think we're looking at mm. 11, uh, 11 and six on the low end, and thirteen and four on the high end, just wow. because we play in a in a really tough division. We have mm. the Chiefs and 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 we have the Bills and we have some tough games. So if we go thirteen and four, I don't think there's a, a fifteen and two or a fourteen and mm. three that's reachable. I just don't. Mm-hmm. There's too many good teams that we got to play. The Steelers got better. The Browns got better. Um, I, who knows what Baltimore is going to look like now with adding receivers? <laughs> like, um, I, I, it's it's a t- it's a gauntlet. It's a tough. It's the toughest division, you know. I, in our division uh, outlook uh, on the homies, you know, we talked about everybody being bunched in that mm-hmm. 12 and five to eight and nine area. I don't yeah. think we're going to, I don't think our division's going to get out of that. Do you, could you see three teams from the North making the playoffs easily? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. John, what about you? Same question in terms of uh, ceiling mm-hmm. and floor for the Cleveland Browns this year. What are your thoughts? Yeah, we've won eight games and seven games the last two seasons um we're not uh, what you're, what you're telling me brandon is we're not going to win the uh d- division based on your projections but um but that but that's okay it's only been th- 34 years I, I can wait one more year um uh, so <laughs> never no, won the afc I, north since 2001 I, know, you, uh, I said 11 and 6 is a possibility so i think there? yeah yeah yes definitely when i've gone through the, the schedule and we've talked about it i think uh the browns could get to 11 and 6 um, you know, you look at last year's schedule and there, you know, we all say the what ifs, but there were legitimately at least three games last season that probably more than likely the Browns could, should have won starting with that Jets game. So, um, yeah, I think 11 and six, I think on the bottom end, we've talked about this the other night on our fanatical L's show itself of well, what if the Browns end up going, you know, six and 11 or seven and 10 again what are we going to do with what's, what's happening with Nick Chubb and miles Garrett, miles Garrett's going into year seven, you know, Chubb's going into year six. Um, obviously we'd, there would be some concerns about what's going on with Kevin Stefanski if, but um, yeah. So I would say six, I would say, I mean, on the low end, I could, you know, if things go wrong, <laughs> yeah, six, six wins, I, I think, that, but I'm going to trust Stefanski. I've written a lot uh, for and against Stefanski over the last, you know, year or two. Um, his track record, if you look back at his longevity, even going back with the Vikings and even before, even as a college player, he's a very astute, very, uh, you know, he's he's a good study. I mean, and I think that we'd like the Browns fans. Ultimately, we'd like to get to where you guys are at in Pittsburgh. Um having a, having a, a, a coach that's been there like Mike Tomlin. Um, yeah. We've talked a lot about that consistency. So it's one of those trade-offs. Like if the Browns win six games again or seven games, but they're winning some and in, in, like you said, Brandon, a really tough division, yeah. um, then is it more important to keep Stefanski in, in that, in that going? So I would say six w- wins would be uh, pretty disappointing and 11 wins would be awesome. Uh, does it win the division? Like you said, Brandon, maybe not, but maybe we'd get back to the playoffs. Yeah. I think that's very true. Like Brandon's window was very small and I think the Bengals window would be very small barring like an injury to Joe Burrow. I think the Steelers and the Browns are in a very similar mold where mm-hmm. if things went right and you know, you could see 11, 12, maybe mm-hmm. 13, if it, everything went your way, mm-hmm. like the ball's just bouncing mm-hmm. your way, you're yeah. getting a lot of takeaways, things like that. Mm-hmm. 
but I could also see the Steelers hovering around nine and eight again, like they did last year. If things don't go right, you have mm-hmm. injuries. You obviously are on the wrong end of the ball bouncing in the other direction. So mm-hmm. it's just going to be a crapshoot. And you do have to wonder something Brandon mentioned with, which is just these two, these group of teams, these four teams just beating the living hell out of each other and basically decimating yourselves from the inside out. So that's a possibility as well. But Mm -hmm. I I thank you all for your time. I want to give you Mm -hmm. each an opportunity to plug what you're doing for fans for sports network to give people, because let's be honest, I can only speak for Steeler fans. Mm -hmm. They do know, and they care about what's going on in the division. Like they, they will listen and they will tune in. So Brandon, I'll Mm -hmm. let you go first. What's coming up with running through the jungle. Yeah, I think you have to, to pay attention to what's going on in your division. You know what I mean? Um, uh, you know, running through the jungle, we, we just, uh, launched a channel. We've mm-hmm. got a couple of great guys on there. Um, Justin Lacey and chase Younce are, are both, um, Tuesday evenings. Chase does cut to the chase. He does some other things on, a, on his own channel, mm-hmm. doing some other things. Uh, Justin Lacey and I on Wednesdays are doing running through the jungle. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now we're a little bit, We've just been popping out shorts, putting up um, content, you know, basically as much as we can. Uh, but going into the, the regular season, you're going to see more of a structured schedule. Uh, you know, right now it's just we're pumping out anytime. We're actually going to record. Um, we have one coming out today as well mm-hmm. uh, where we're going to record about the restructuring and what that means and, and for the Joe Burrow situation and yeah. everybody else. So, But, yeah, it's uh, really exciting. Um, different age groups, mm-hmm. uh, different walks of life. Uh, it's a lot. We're, we're, we're really, uh, really excited about it and covering that. And then also here on the Steel Curtain Network, you know, we got the Homies podcast uh, every Friday evening. Um, that, that's been a lot of fun, you know, with Kevin Tate and, and Pay and Big G. You know, it's, a, it's a good group. We, uh, we have a lot of fun giving each other some, some heck on there. So a lot <laughs> of fun. Le- love that show. And thank you for your uh, contributions in that regard. John, what's going on with the Fanatical Elves moving forward? Uh, we, we've been we've been keeping busy. We've got a great group started back here in uh, late uh, March, early April. Uh, Want to give a shout out too to you, Jeff. I know the the website is up and running. That fans first yes, sports uh, net, network uh, is looking awesome. So we're excited to be part of this uh, group this, this this time around. But um, yeah, we're we're doing lots of things. Uh, we've got shows on pretty much every day of the week. Uh, new 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 content every day. Uh, today we'll have our any given Sunday kickoff show uh mondays we have our dog pound south uh show with our our contributor steve gill who lives down there in nashville and you know like like a lot of you guys we have fans all over the country and our browns backers support groups are are awesome uh i used to be the president of the the local chapter out there in wichita kansas so um but steve is he runs a great podcast Uh, he kind of brings a different perspective that's not not from cleveland and uh you have to tune in on that that's mondays uh, Tuesdays or Wednesdays, we've got Joel Cade, our left guard. He uh, runs a great show called "What the Elf Was That?" Uh, you know, with our little Brownie the Elf guy. It's it's, it's it's fantastic stuff. Joel is a former football player, uh, played at I think Illinois State. Um, just a, a wealth of knowledge there, especially when you get into the trenches. Uh, he then he and his uh, uh, his friend uh, Elliot uh, Cannell, uh, the the village Elliot. They, they both live in the, live in the Dayton area and Elliot is actually a former rocket scientist. I think he's worked for NASA and the government. And uh, so they have a great show called football philosophy 
and rocket science, which is they, they talk about uh, odd, the oddities stuff with the brownies. Uh, Thursdays, we do our fanatical L show with myself and then and the rest of those guys. Um, we've got a, a great guy down there, uh, Rod Bloom, who lives in the Dayton area. He's been around for a while. If, if you haven't checked him out, uh, he has the Browns Blitz. Uh, he does that show with his his uh, brother Jeff Hartman. They have some great guests from all over the country. CBS Sports, you know, they bring in some really high high profile guys. It's awesome. So check that out. That's Friday. Yeah. So um, yeah, we're keeping busy. I've added a, sh- a show called Stadium Mustard. Those of you who are I know uh, maybe a, a Cleveland uh, background, you might know a little bit about the Stadium Mustard. And so we we cover uh, food. <laughs> so. Uh, have to have to tune in for that, but we we, we love being part of the, the fans for sports network and uh, look forward to many more shows in, in the future. I'll have to Absolutely. check out Stadium Mustard. I actually yes. work in the, I work in the food business. Nice. So you got you got my attention there, John. Oh, excellent, excellent. Well, we're just we're we're excited to start with the season, and like you said too, Jeff, I'll be uh, up at training camp. I have some opportunities uh, writing for Northeast uh, Ohio Sports Insiders to actually be at the games in, in, in Cleveland later on this season. So um, excited about that opportunity as well. Yeah. And if you're listening to this in your car, driving to work and you're like, man, I'd love to listen to some of these shows yeah. to get a feel for what's going on. Just understand if you go to our fans for sports network webpage, which is FFSN.app app, you go to the NFL tab, you'll see a drop down menu. You click mm-hmm. on the Bengals. You will see running through the jungle. Mm-hmm. You click on the Browns. Same mm-hmm. with the fanatical elves. You can find all their content right there as well mm-hmm. as searching on all your major platforms, Apple mm-hmm. podcasts, Spotify, et cetera. Gentlemen, thank you for your time. I really do appreciate it. Good luck this season. And I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Thanks, Thanks Jeff. Jeff. No problem.